In this episode, we're joined by Dave Gerhardt, the VP of Marketing at Drift and a bit of a legend in the Digital 22 office. We chat mainly about B2B podcasting, marketing and loads of other good stuff. Sorry for the drilling at the beginning. There's a building site downstairs that kind of screwed us over, but it does stop after a couple of minutes. If I was trying to like sell market this water bottle that, I, that I'm drinking out of right now, right? The first thing that I would do if this company was like, we're having trouble selling these. First thing that I would do is is say, okay, well, show me how you're, show me how you, show me what you're doing in marketing today, and show me what everybody in your in your uh, industry is doing. Show me what all your competitors are doing. And if I find out that everybody in that industry has a blog, has a podcast, and uh, is doing events, then the first thing that I would do is not try to do one of those things, one of those three things, but try to find something that they're not doing. marketing by drift at drift is my is my kind of job and uh i've been here i've been here at the company since since the early days if you don't know drift drift is uh the world's conversational marketing platform you guys got some construction going on over there or something something's just Just, started as always uh it's not in our office but it sounds like the next it always does it does (laughs) so so uh yeah our drift our our mission is we say that we're the new way businesses buy from businesses which means to me that uh you know we're creating a whole new way for sales and marketing to work because most of b2b sales and marketing is really about one word and that word is later hey come to my website fill out this form and somebody's (laughs) gonna follow up with you later book a meeting and somebody's going to reach out to you later except everything in our life in our real lives like personal lives happens now right i can get an uber or lyft right now i can order my lunch right now i can get on a zoom call with you guys halfway around the world right now and so we've been focused on building on really reinventing b2b sales and marketing what took you to podcasting then that was something we were curious about obviously your story there started with a podcast and a drift you, you carried on the same way there and you're doing a lot of stuff that way um, I got into, I got really into podcasts probably like 2013 and, and 14, uh, cause that's when I really got into startups. And, and so I started to listen to, uh, this week in startups, um, which is all, which is like, which is a good podcast that had a lot of interviews with, with, um, with tech companies, except all the podcasts, all the, all the, all the interview guests were like companies from San Francisco, you know, and I was like. I'm in Boston. Like, there's so many cool <laughs> founders and companies, and I'm sure you guys feel the same way about where you are, right? Yeah. Like, there's so much cool stuff happening over here. How come they don't get any love? And so I actually, I tweeted out one day. I said, someone should start a podcast about, uh, you know, startups in Boston. And like three people responded, and they're like, why don't you just start that? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like, oh shit, I don't want to do that. Like, how am I gonna do that? And, uh, so, so I did it because I had always kind of had this itch to have like earlier career I always had this itch to have a side project because like I was at a big company and I was at a couple big companies before this and when you're earlier in your career and you're at a big company you don't really get to press any of the buttons you know you kind of just like kind of you're a cog in the wheel behind the scenes and so I was super curious I wanted to start my own website I wanted to start a blog I wanted to have my own you know email newsletter I wanted to try to run ads like I wanted to just do all that stuff because I was kind of obsessed with marketing so I started this side project and so I started this podcast tech in Boston because not just because it was a podcast I, I wanted to do a podcast but also because I got to kind of own the whole thing I got to like yeah. I had to figure out how to build a website I had to figure out how to set up a podcast I had to figure out how to 
grow my email list. I had to figure out how to, you know, sell. I had to figure out how to sell for the first time. I wanted to sell sponsorships to pay for my gear because I was broke. I didn't want anybody to. I didn't want to pay for it myself. Um, so, so it ended up being like this amazing learning experience, and and it almost. I really wanted to do it because I wanted to be like a little entrepreneur on my own. I, I didn't just want to be like, oh, I wasn't like, oh, I love radio and so I want to have a podcast. Yeah, it was more sure. like that was kind of my vehicle to, to build something bigger and, and ended up growing that to, you know, uh, like 5,000 email subscribers in Boston, which is pretty good, small audience awesome. and, and, and 60,000 downloads of the podcast. So it was, it was an amazing experience. There's two things that I've heard that story on one of the Seeking Wisdom podcasts. Um, where you told the story of how you met and how you joined Drift. I think that it shows a lot about where you are, that there's that many subscribers available for such for such a niche podcast and what a thriving uh, tech world it is. But then it, the other question, it made, me, it made me think of a question, was what was you, what, what kit did you start with? Because just before we started recording, you were asking about why we've got three mics. <laughs> um, one's plugged in so you can hear us through the laptop better, but we've got we've got all our new podcast kit here. What did you start with and what have you got now? So I started with no equipment of my own. I worked, one of the engineers at my last company before HubSpot, he was like a DJ on the side. And I was like, do you have a USB mic? And he was like, yeah. I was like, can I borrow it? And it was literally this one, the, the blue the blue Yeti. Yeah, cool. So I was like, put this in my backpack. That's what that, what, that's what that is yeah. as well, yeah, yeah. Except I'm doing the same thing that you guys do. That, that mic is backwards. You're supposed to talk into it on the side with the logo. So you... you Tell your tech guy we got to work. I knew on that. that. <laughs> yeah. I knew that. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, that's better. That's better. <laughs> You're supposed to talk right here. Yeah, like this, like this. And so I recorded like so I recorded the first five episodes like with it backwards. I had no idea what I'm doing. No wonder we struggled. If, if, if anyone's heard the first thirty episodes of this podcast, that's that explains a lot. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. <laughs> So like I got I got a borrowed I have a borrowed microphone it's backwards and I'm in a conference room <laughs> and it's like all concrete and it's so echoey so that's like look I hate the people that have the, not I hate I don't hate them personally but the excuse of like I don't have the gear I don't have yeah. the budget you can do a podcast today from your phone there's an app now called Anchor where you can literally just download that and record podcasts right into your phone right and and so. So I just got a mic. Like the best advice is just like just start. So I had I had somebody else's mic. I plugged it right in. I had no audio recording. You can record right into QuickTime on your MacBook, right? And then and just figured out how to edit it in like GarageBand. And that was my that was honestly my first like ten episodes were were me recording on a backwards microphone into QuickTime and then into I would edit it on my own in GarageBand. And I then I upgraded like and I got Adobe. Um, uh, Adobe Audition to edit the audio a little bit better. Uh, I got like two, I basically got like five tips from somebody and then I just wrote them down in an Evernote note and I just used them on every, and then I would go in and edit it. It'd be like, you know, it needs to be at this level. You need to cut this here. Okay, so any, any idiot could do that, like me. I'm not very technical. Um, and then, uh, so for Tech in Boston the whole time, I edited all the audio by myself. It's so easy to figure out. Like, especially if you're in marketing today, like you do so many yeah. more complex stuff. Like. Uh, to be honest, like creating a funnel in Google Analytics is like a thousand times harder than, <laughs> than starting a podcast if you really want to break it down like that. Yeah, um, sure. So what was what was the format of the shows and was it Q&A? Was it chat like this or? Yeah, it was it was just like this. It was but, you know, it was like Q&A. Like I would I would write I would prepare for the episode. I would, you know, research that person and figure out 
you know, where they went to school and, and articles that were written about them. And, uh, you know, th that was good. And, uh, but I think what, what got better is like once I became really comfortable in that format and, and I think you need, if you don't know somebody, you need questions. Like, so I always would over prepare because I'm sure you guys have felt this, right. Which is like, I would always over prepare just in case the person was terrible at interviewing. And, yeah. and, yeah. and there's so many people who like, there's, and they're, they're like really, like really successful people, they're, they're not always great at interviews. And no. so the mistake yeah. that I would make is I would find somebody who looked amazing on paper, the CEO of some big name company with some amazing resume. And then you interview them and you ask them a question and you want it to be a conversation. And they're like, yes, uh, my uh, sweatshirt is black. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've been there. Yeah, not sure. a <laughs> Next question. And you're like, no, no, no. I want this to be a conversation. Like I want you to, so, so that like helped me evolve because I remember the, I don't know who specifically it was, but like the first time I had that experience, like I was not prepped and they were not a good interviewer. So then we're just sitting across the room, like, <laughs> <laughs> like a really bad first day. <laughs> that lesson taught me like always prepare, right? I don't ever prepare now. And that's only because I've done literally like a thousand podcast episodes. I can talk to anyone about anything now and figure out how to get that out of them. But, but I would always over prepare just in case that person was bad, was a bad interviewer. Then I could at least kind of just play host and like guide them around to the things I wanted to get out of them. Right. Um, but honestly, the people that were the, the good interviews, I would be prepared. And then two minutes into the interview, like not even have to look at my notes because you just mm. know that, Hey, the conversation is going to go. And, and, and that, that was like, you know, that was a good learning experience because you got to be able to figure out how to do it. Even if somebody doesn't want to have a conversation with you on the other end. Yeah. It's funny. You get, it's funny when that happens and we, we had that scenario and we were really prepped and then and about halfway through the scheduled time, the zoom call cut off and we were like, we've run out of questions. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Where do we go from here? Um, yeah, but we managed managed to pull it around. I think just about. You can do a lot with editing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you also have to like be comfortable with like if you know that that's not a good interview. Yeah, I, I've kind of learned you have to just be like you know what I'm not doing this for that person. So I don't care if that person thinks I'm weird and doesn't like me. Yeah. I'm doing this for my audience, and so my job is just to like try to get something out of them for the for the audience and hope that they they get it. And you know, there's there's even been conversations where I've said to somebody, man that interview with so-and-so was so awkward and they're like, oh, you couldn't really tell. And so like, I think it's, it's a lot of it is like when you see somebody's face and you're sitting next to them or, or on Zoom, it might, it might kind of feel, feel worse than it actually is sometimes, you know? Did you, did you used to film your tech podcast, your tech in Boston? No, I didn't. And that was only because I was just solo, you know, no budget guy. And, and like, I would have had to either like figure out how to do video myself or mm. hire somebody to do it. Um, at Drift, we, did, we didn't film for the first probably year of Seeking Wisdom, and then we really wanted to get video content for it. Um, yeah. So now, you know, like I'm, I'm, in our, I'm in our studio right now, and so on the other end of this, there's a million, we're not filming this because we're not using it right now, but yeah. there's a million cameras and, and we film everything now. So that, that was gonna be something else I wanted to ask. So you've got the, you've got the studio done up, we're just doing the same thing. Tell us about the, the artwork behind you. The artwork is all just kind of stuff that, that has inspired us. Uh, David, our, our CEO, you know, DC from Seeking Wisdom, he picked out most of the stuff with, with Becky, who, do, who Becky's done an amazing job, like making our office just so much fun to be in every day. And so there's, you know, 
this is I didn't pick out any of this, so I'm gonna have to talk to him. But there's there's you know old bands, you know bands from back in the day that they used to like, and and ads uh, and just graffiti, and I don't know. It's more of just like a vibe thing that it is. I don't think it, there's like a you know Colin Kaepernick is back there, uh, John Lennon Apple ad. I think just just you know it kind of sets a nice vibe in here, and it also makes it much more uh, clickable if you see a screen. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, for sure. Cool. I mean, the the thing we wanted to have a chat to you about today was kind of B2B marketing and brand building. And I guess podcasting's been part of that strategy over at Drift. How, how have you found, how have you found that? What, how, what's it done for you guys? What do you think it brings to the table in your marketing at Drift? I mean, it's done everything for us. Like to, for us, like I'll just use talking to you two as an example. I've, I have no idea who you guys are. You don't know who I am. Right. But, but you're saying I live in, I, I know you, I know your story. I've <laughs> yeah. listened to seeking wisdom. And so I think to me, that's a chant. Podcasting has been a channel that has, I've seen a connection with an audience that you don't see on any other channel. Right. Like I've never, I've never done an interview with somebody and they're like, man, I love, I love your blog. <laughs> <laughs> because i think what you get with podcasting is a real conversation right where somebody is at the gym they're walking to work they're cleaning the house they're doing yard work and and like i'm literally in their ears and it's not scripted it's it's the same way that i talk to my friends my family my wife my my daughter uh i am the same person in everything that we do that you would see if you ran into me on a Saturday night after I've had a beer or two, like I am the same person that I am right now. And, and I think that that's, that's why podcasting is, has been an amazing channel because you can't really fake it, right? There's, you can do the highly edited kind of NPR style stuff, right? Uh, but, but for, for us at Drift, we've just wanted to, wanted to be very conversational because our bet was that, look, if people can get to know us as people, that's going to disarm them and people want to buy from people. And so ultimately, if we play the long game, people will want to work with us. Um, if we can show them our real colors and, and let them know who we really are. And so I think that's why podcasting has been an amazing channel. The other thing, this is less about building a brand and more just about podcasting and video being great marketing channels. We should talk more about video in a second, actually. But when you do, when you do a podcast, you actually can get a million different pieces of content out of it, right? And so what, what, what I learned from, from doing Seeking Wisdom is I actually used it. At, it wasn't even supposed to be a podcast at first. It was just literally me getting audio from our CEO so I could ghostwrite for him or I could you know, get ideas out of his head to turn into content. To content excuse me. So you know, it, it's, if you can just record audio first, then you can get a transcript of that you know, that you can publish on the blog. You can have somebody yeah. edit that into a ghostwritten post. You could turn it into a slide deck. You could turn it into – then if you have video, you can turn that into video clips and, and outtakes. And you can create so much content if you have video and audio together. So, so it's also been an amazing way to basically scale content where uh, a lot of the ideas – I'll, I'll have an idea or David will have an idea and we'll just record a two, three minute audio file and can send it to somebody on our team. And that next, you know, two days later, that becomes a 1500 word <laughs> blog post. Right. And, yeah. and I think it's just been an amazing channel for, for that reason. Um, video. I wanted to talk about video also because so if audio is good at building a brand, video is the best thing at building a brand because to me, video is the next best thing to us actually hanging out in person. Yeah. And, and so 
you know, you can see all my, you can see all my flaws in, in, you know, in video, right? I have broccoli in my teeth. I'm a bald guy with a shiny (laughs) forehead, right? Like I have a pimple on my nose, right? You can see that I'm a real person just like you. And that doesn't always come across in marketing. And I think, you know, people, buyers today are more skeptical than ever, right? I'm in, I'm in marketing and I don't want to be marketed to or sold to. So think about, you know, my, my wife or my best friend who, you know, who's a firefighter, right? Like you, nobody wants to be marketed to, nobody wants to be sold to. So to me, my take is like as a brand, you, you have to build a brand today if you're in business and you have to do that by building trust. And trust gets built by being real and, and having conversations and letting people know you're a real person, right? And you've seen this in every industry now today that that being real and authentic is what's going to cut through the noise. And so, you know, you go to LinkedIn and, and you look on LinkedIn and 90% of the LinkedIn feed is, is, is looks like ads and it looks like highly designed <laughs> stuff. And it looks like everybody's saying we're hiring or my company's awesome. And then boom, all of a sudden there's this guy walking down the street with a camera talking in front of it. Whoa, that's a, what? Somebody's iPhone video is on my LinkedIn feed. Who is that? That's a real person, right? Or your best video was one of those yeah. a while ago. I remember Ricky did something similar. Just, it was a thought instead of writing a tweet. Was walking into work and did just just did a quick selfie video and it definitely got loads more interaction. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, or my I see this I see this in my Instagram feed all the time now, and we've seen this at Drift. Like the best ad, the best performing ads have often been YouTube uh, iPhone videos, right? Podcasting video, massive part of what's took you from eight people to over three hundred people over the time you've been there. What else has worked for you from a marketing perspective? What's what's helped that growth? I think just always trying to do what what other people are not doing in our industry. I think, you know, you could be amazing at marketing, but there's just so much noise today that that it's almost like applying for a job, right? Like, you ever feel like you apply for a job, like maybe earlier in your career, like you apply for your job, you apply for a job, you're the perfect person for that job, but because that company gets a thousand resumes, <laughs> you might never, st- you might not even get seen, right? And yeah. so, I think marketing is so much about getting seen and getting people to pay attention. And so you have to be thinking like if everybody in my, and it, and it's not just specific to, to sales and marketing, but like, you know, if I sold, if I was trying to like sell market this water bottle that I, that I'm drinking out of right now, right. The first thing that I would do if this company was like, we're having trouble selling these. First thing that I would do is, is say, okay, well show me how you're, show me how you, show me what you're doing in marketing today and show me what everybody in your, in your uh, industry is doing. Show me what all your competitors are doing. And if I find out that everybody in that industry has a blog, has a podcast, and uh, is doing events, then the first thing that I would do is not try to do one of those things, one of those three things, but try to find something that they're not doing. Yeah. They've never done, uh, this is a bad example, but like they've never done a webinar. Okay, then I want to do a webinar about water bottles, right? Because people are, that, that's not a channel that a lot of people are on right now. And so I think you, it's always about finding, you have to basically stack the deck so you can give yourself a, the best chance at, at talking to the people that you want to talk to. And so if you're just coming out of nowhere trying to compete in, you know, if everybody in your industry is spending millions of dollars on events and you don't have the budget to do that, then don't play on that field. Go find a field where you can play on. One thing that's kind of worked for HubSpot, like you say, you used to work out was this sort of building the movement around inbound and this sort of coining that term, if you like. And you guys are doing a similar thing with conversational marketing. It's like synonymous with kind of what you do and people talk about it without even mentioning you or with mentioning you how much has a part has that been around having this sort of movement around a type of marketing (laughs) 
He just had the bobblehead on camera there. Um, <laughs> having this sort of movement around conversational marketing. How's that, how's that played out for you guys? It's been great. Yeah. yeah. How do you how do you build a movement like that? I mean, many people will want to do that. People can come up with a word and a phrase for their industry, but goes this one goes back in the in the marketing history books. So if you read great great uh, old school marketing book is called the Twenty Two Immutable Laws of Marketing by Al Reese and Jack Trout. And the second rule is if you can't be first in a category, go and create your own. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, that's the playbook that we've run here. And there's so many examples of that, right? Where, <laughs> hey, look at, let, let's talk about Salesforce for a second, right? Salesforce did not invent the CRM. Uh, there was a company that was already doing very well before them, a company called Siebel. The difference was Siebel, you had to, it was a pain in the ass. You had to come to your office, <laughs> install it on site. You know, it was a two-year contract and, 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 and super expensive and nobody liked it. And so Salesforce said, hey, we're, we're the first CRM that's, that's in the cloud, right? And they, they kind of came up with this whole cloud-based CRM and cloud-based software, on-demand software. And so they were able to resegment that market and have people say, I already know what a CRM is. Oh yeah, I would like this. I would just like to go to salesforce.com and log in. And so they basically <laughs> repositioned the whole market. And yeah, you know, HubSpot is another great example of that with, with inbound, right? They, they coined a term. And, and I think the, the other thing is like coining a term like inbound marketing or conversational marketing or, um, you know, whatever else is out there, right? It gives, your, it gives your people an easy way to explain like who they belong to, right? I'm sure Seth Godin has talked about this somewhere in his world about like building your tribe. But like we, I think at Drift at least things, we, we've always been doing this. We just didn't give it a name until, until two years ago. And so things, didn't, things took off for us once we named it. And that was such a good marketing lesson to learn because if you can't name it, how are other people going to go and tell their <laughs> friends, right? Yeah. Oh, I, I, you know, I go to this gym. Okay, that's cool. I wear these shoes. Okay, they're Nikes, right? Uh, I do. And so for us at Drift, it was like, I do chat-based marketing. Uh, <laughs> I do, you know, instead of forums, we use message. Like, so it wasn't until we gave it a name. And I actually don't yeah. think the name is that important. What you name it is not important. It's more like, can you give it a name that people can remember? And then yeah. can, the mark, can the market start saying that name back to you? And that's when you have something. And so when we named it, it was really amazing because people outside of the world started calling it conversational marketing. Gartner started calling it conversational marketing. G2 Crowd started calling it conversational marketing. Our customers, even people using competitive products and our competitors started using, started talking about conversational marketing. So that's not to say that, that we came up with the perfect name, but that's to say that like a lot of factors were right. The timing was right in the market. We came up with a name that was right enough and then people were able to take that and run with it. A couple of questions from people in our office to wrap up. But before that, I think... I think we want to talk about hypergrowth coming to London in a couple of months. So, do you, for anyone who's who's not aware or not got their ticket yet, um, what what could they expect from the event? So, hypergrowth is is one of my favorite times of year at Drift, and uh, so we we wanted to start an event. Like every company in this space has events and conferences, we wanted to start an event that does not feel like a conference. We want it to feel like a day that is about you. And buying a ticket to hypergrowth is like an investment in yourself, in your personal and professional growth. And so instead of just bringing in, you know, marketing speakers to tell you six ways to, you know, decrease your CPC <laughs> on Facebook by 7%, right? We want to bring in authors and athletes and musicians and entrepreneurs and motivational speakers. And we've had, so the first year of hypergrowth, we had somebody lead, lead, we had a meditation 
per expert or whatever that you call that person <laughs> lead a meditation. So imagine 1500 people in a conference room at once being led through a guided meditation. And so, um, that was the first year of it. Last year it expanded to Boston and San Francisco. We had almost 5,000 people there. And this year we wanted to really, you know, bring hyper growth outside of the U S. And so London was the first, was the first place for us to do that perfect fit. We have a bunch of customers and partners out there. And so we're bringing hyper growth to London. It, it's June 10th. Um, the lineup is amazing. It's, it's hypergrowth.com. Go to the website. It'll, it'll do a better job selling who's on the agenda than, than I can. But, um, it's it's amazing, and uh, I'm I'm just sad that I can't be there. But uh, it's okay. I'm having a I'm having a, our our second child, and and uh, probably oh, not a good, probably not a good time to get on a, a plane and fly to London. So um, yeah, you have to deal with DC alone. <laughs> no, cool. Yeah, our team's going. They can't wait. Lineup looks amazing. It's funny. So so the reason I was late for this is because. Uh, David and I, we we typically write his keynote for Hypergrowth together every year, and and. Uh, that's done and, and we went through the story this today and so we're, we're a month out and we have the keynote done and, and it's, it's, um, it's super exciting and we have, we're actually making the biggest product launch we've ever made on stage uh, at Hypergrowth in, in London yeah. and like I'm so excited, it's going to be like an Apple, Apple style like unveiling of, a, of, a, <laughs> of something new that we've been working on so uh, It'll be, I can't wait. I'll be, I'll be probably sitting on the couch with a, with a baby on my chest somewhere. Going through time <laughs> and everybody. So. Amazing. Oh, that'd be good. I know where you'd rather be overall though. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So a couple of questions to wrap up. We've had, um, you're, you're a big learner. You're always learning, right? And you're a busy, very busy, obviously. So when you, when you learn all these new exciting things and new ideas and, new theories how, how do you find ways how do you find the time or uh the resource or the brain space to put it into action that's a good question um you mean like specific to learning like how do you how do you put it yeah exactly you read a great book and you think oh yeah that's that's brilliant and you absorb the knowledge but then you know shit happens day to day and you're back to work <laughs> the, the next morning so so this is this has been an interesting like evolution for me because I'm I'm super like type A and so I got to write everything down and save it somewhere so I can remember it later. But like when you're trying to read a book, like that always I always then like that makes it an exhausting process because like every page you got to like take a screenshot, and write it down and then next thing I know like I'm on I'm on my computer and I'm not reading the book anymore. Like I'm sure you know like and you just yeah. lost. And so I've I've really lately just tried to be like just soak it in. I just treat learning like you're just growing your, your mind. And so you're just trying to stuff your brain with all this stuff. And now I never wrote down, like I just talked about, that just came out of my mouth. Something about the 22 immutable laws of marketing and category number two. Like I never wrote that down, but like I read it at some point and it just sticks with you. And so I think, I, I think of it as like this just ongoing, I think of learning as just like this ongoing thing that I'm, I'm very intentional about where I just want to always be learning because I'm starting to see how much it's paid off. Like the more I read, the more, uh, the more podcasts I listen to it and not, it doesn't mean listen to everybody. I've actually, I actually only have like four podcasts that I'm subscribed to on my phone because I was struggling with like, there's too many good, there's too much good information out there, right? There's, yeah. there's 30 shows that I should be listening to. And I would get <laughs> caught up with like, Oh, so-and-so that person is the CMO over there and they listen to this podcast. Why am I not listening to that podcast? And then, you're never going to catch up. And so I've just, I try to take advice from a very small number of people and just go deep on those things. And so that could be like, 
that could be that could be podcasts. Instead of trying to listen to 20 podcasts, I just go deep on three or four that I really like. Um, and from, from reading and learning perspective, instead of trying to like learn everything about marketing from everyone, I'm very intentional about like there's really only four or five people that I learn from. And then I also am very intentional about like the topics that I learn. So I kind of have two tracks that I think about from learning. Number one is personal development. And so I read a lot of like, like I read books like The Power of Now about like meditation or uh, I'm, I'm reading like a, a parenting book right now because I, I didn't read any books the first time around. And even though I think I've done a good job, I just think it's cool. Like I think I want to learn how to be like this amazing person overall. And you also kind of learn how to be better at marketing just from other things that have nothing to do with marketing. Then I have this other track which is specific to marketing and that's like that's, I don't read those books before bed because they get my mind racing, but like I try to carve out 20 minutes a day to read, to read some more tactical marketing stuff. And that could be watch, you know, watch YouTube videos about a keynote from a conference that I, that I follow and, and I wasn't able to go to, uh, or, or read a book about, you know, read a, read a copywriting book. And that's more like intentional kind of studying time. And so, um, I don't care too much about learning other stuff. And, and I think that's also been liberating, right? Which is like, um, <laughs> I'm listening to a book right. I'm listening to a book right now uh, about Jim Rohn. So Jim Rohn was Tony Robbins' coach. He's like a motivational speaker and educator and, and teacher. And he's like, you can't you can't worry about everything. You can't worry about the why behind everything. He's like, why is the sky blue? It just is, right? Why does the sun come up every day? It just does. And so, like, I've also had to become okay with like. I'm not learning about this topic. I used to care about like SaaS metrics and building a product and growth marketing and all this other <laughs> stuff. I'm like, I don't have time for that. I got to focus on, like I got to double down on the things that I'm good at. And just try to invest in those areas. And, you know, one great lesson in a book that I learned from, from David is called uh, a book called Managing Oneself by Peter Drucker. And it's all about finding your strengths and weaknesses. And I used to always think, oh, I'm not good at, I just use math as one good example, right? I'm, I'm terrible at math, but I'm pretty good at writing. So, okay, don't worry about writing, but I'm going to go like get better at math. And Drucker's point is like, that's stupid because why not go invest more <laughs> the thing that you're already good at so you can be incredible at that one thing versus like, even if I get better at math, that might take me from like, you know, uh, like terrible to average. I'm still then average at math, right? <laughs> Where I have the opportunity to be incredible at writing. And the ROI of being incredible at something is, is a million times more than being average at something. And so it's, whole, it's all this advice is just like double down on your strengths. Like I think the advice about working on your weaknesses is like is usually not that great. Mm. I think that's something you say a lot as well. Um, yeah, no, I like that. I've got to read that Doubling book. down on what's, what's working. Yeah. And that applies to anything as well. I've never thought of applying it to... No, to so your own true. mindset like that. So what? What? It's also, it's also been helpful from like a team building and hiring perspective because, mm -hmm. you know, you you can't have people who are great at everything. It's good to have some specialists, but like, you know, it it allows you to build a team where everybody's kind of focused on their strengths and and you don't have to worry about you know kind of spreading everything very thin. No, for sure. So it, can you remember any of the podcasts that you're enjoying at the minute? Can you can you share those? I can share some of them. Some of them are a secret. Um, so you got inbound after hours, obviously. Listen, after this interview, I'm never listening to you two. No way. No. <laughs> Talk complete rubbish all the time and drink beer. I wouldn't, rec I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, let's see. Let's see. I'll just pull up my app right now. So, so my favorite, my favorite podcast right now is actually um, Joe Rogan's podcast, and super interesting because it's like. 
he's, he's arguably the most famous podcaster. He does 150 million downloads. But so it's funny for me to say that, but I never listened to it. Cause I'm like, Oh, he's like a comedian. Like I don't, <laughs> and some of his stuff is like, you know, whatever. But he, I'm obsessed with him because he talked about learning. That guy is obsessed with learning and he brings on scientists and, and authors and doctors and he brings on people that have differing opinions. He doesn't just bring on people that you're going to agree with. Mm-hmm. And so, and, he, and just basically, I love listening to him because he's pushed me to like expand, like how, how can this guy who's a comedian and people know him from, from, from doing comedy or Fear Factor or whatever, be so obsessed with, you know, how your brain works during sleep and the right things to put in your body and, and, you know, wildlife extinction and, and plastic recycling. Like he knows every, he knows everything. My, and it's cool. Cause also my wife loves the podcast too. And so it's cool to have this one kind of shared show that we can put on like on the weekends while we're cleaning the house or doing whatever. So I love that one. Uh, the other show that I listen to is called Pivot with Kara Swisher and Scott Galloway, which is about kind of media, um, just so I can stay up on kind of what's happening in tech. I listen to Tim Ferriss. Uh, mainly, that, that's a podcast where I don't listen to every episode, but it basically self-select based on the, the guest. If he has a good guest, yeah. I'll go and listen to it. Um, that's, kind of really, that's kind of really it from a podcast perspective. I listen to my podcast a lot, which is called The Swipe File, Marketing Swipe File. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Yeah, nice, nice, nice plug. plug. Um, <laughs> the, and lastly, to wrap up, so Mark always asks, I'm trying to remember how he words it, but a good question when we have guests on is uh, this podcast aimed for in-house marketers. How, how would you, if an in-house marketer could do one thing to help them grow, what would you suggest they do? Just in general for like any marketing person? Yeah, if yeah. you had one tip, you're an in-house marketer, mostly B2B people listen to this, what would be the one thing you went and did next week, next month? Man, that's a good question. I, I can't answer because I'm thinking, I'm thinking of seven things, so maybe I'll give you two. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Number one would be try to, bring, try to bring more of yourself into your marketing. And don't try to, like the, the 99% of marketers, like let's say you're doing a webinar tomorrow, 99% of marketers send out a webinar invite that goes like this. It says the subject line has a bracket in it. It says webinar and it says tomorrow, 2 p.m. webinar. Hello, Mark. As a VP of sales, you know that la, 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 growth is very important. So we're doing a webinar on growth tomorrow. Register here. Okay. The way that I would send an email is, is I'd, I'd write it like myself. All right. So I just wrapped up a podcast interview with a couple of crazy guys uh, from the UK and it was a lot of fun. Anyway, I'm emailing you because tomorrow I'm doing a webinar it's the first time we've ever covered this topic and I'm really excited about this because it's been on my mind for six months now. So we're going to talk about blah. Reply back to me. By the way, reply, I'm actually hosting the webinar myself. So reply back to me with a couple questions because I want to, I'm a little nervous and I want to make sure that we can, you know, make a good webinar for you, right? <laughs> like bring more of yourself into your marketing. Yeah. Number, number two is like just push yourself to think beyond B2B marketing, right? Don't do what everybody's doing in B2B marketing. And so for me, everything is marketing now. I'll be in line at the grocery store and I will see a magazine that is a tabloid. But I love looking at the headlines of the tabloids because they obviously know something. They sell a ton (laughs) of copies of those things and they've been in business for hundreds of years. So I can learn from that. Um, my wife is really into like this, um, this one beauty blog and they, she's like makeup tutorials. And so 
that this one woman, she has like 10 million YouTube subscribers and it's just her doing her hair. I don't understand it. <laughs> but that has pushed me to, that has pushed me to understand it. Yeah. She has this, she has this private Facebook group that has 10,000 members. And my wife tells me that's the most exclusive Facebook group that she's in and they share amazing advice. So I'm like, okay, I can learn from that. So push yourself to think beyond B2B marketing and just, just focus on understanding people. Look at how people are being moved and influenced in the communities that you live in and the, and the channels that you're on and, and, and in the things you see every day. And you will take more from that than you will from, from listening to you know, me talk on a webinar about B2B marketing. Like If you can understand people first, the rest of marketing is going to take care of itself. So I'd really go back to understanding like the principles of social psychology than, than I would about B2B tech marketing. Love it. Brilliant. Good tips. Think awesome. Finish on that. Yeah, finish on the high. I think we're done with that, so nice one. Yep. Oh good. Appreciate okay. your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um well, you know, hit me up if you have any questions or need anything. No, uh, sure, sure. Hopefully I'll get to see you guys at some point. Maybe yes. take a picture with DC when you're at Hypergrowth and send it to me or something and we can Photoshop <laughs> <Sure>. my head <laughs> in. <laughs> that sounds like a plan. Cool. All right guys, I'll talk to you later. Enjoy, Enjoy your day. Day. Enjoy.